uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a meditation with you this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, a meditation is shorter than a sermon. Just tell them. A meditation is shorter than a sermon. So we've heard, we've heard some word from these students, and, uh, and um, I, I want to just share a few uh, reflections with you um, as we just open our hearts and uh, celebrate these guys. John chapter 20 and verse number 24. John chapter 20 and verse number 24. I think they'll put this on the screen for you. I believe the Lord wants to speak to, I really felt just that I'm supposed to just kind of deposit something that will speak to all of us. I believe that today's a day when God's grace is coming to give us uh, an opportunity to just lean into whatever his assignment is that's right in front of us. And so let's just open our hearts and open our minds to the scripture. It says, now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. And so he said to them, unless I see the hands in his hands, the print of the nails, and I put my finger into the print of the nails, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them, and Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. And look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. I, um, I want to take just a few minutes and actually continue the thought that we were discussing last week about the cracks being where the light gets in. And I want to just take Thomas as our student and our example and just share with you that um, the cracks are where the light gets in, but the wounds are where the wisdom flows. And so if you'll just think with me about Thomas this morning. Thomas is an interesting subject for a graduation Sunday because the first thing that this passage tells us about Thomas is that he wasn't there when Jesus first appeared to the disciples. And so the story is that Jesus rises from the dead on Sunday. He miraculously appears to the disciples and demonstrates to them that he's risen and he's Lord and then... Thomas is missing because Thomas is in a moment of struggle. He's in a moment of difficulty. And so while all of the students you've heard from have excelled academically, and we commend them for that, Thomas, in this case, is the student on academic probation. Stom Thomas is not the valedictorian of the class. Thomas is not the faithful church attender. Thomas missed the first church meeting in which Jesus, the risen Christ, showed up to share the gospel. How many of you know that was an important meeting? 
Thomas didn't just miss an ordinary Sunday, he missed the most important one. So here we have Thomas as our example, and Thomas is missing out. Thomas is behind schedule. Thomas is not where he should be in life. Thomas feels like his bad decisions have put him behind. Thomas feels like he's playing catch up with the purposes of God for his life. I don't know if there's any Thomases in the room this morning, but there's been times in my life where I felt like I should have been further along than I was. And while I could have blamed other people, if you understand what it means to be Thomas, you know that it's not everybody else's fault. It's my own choices that got me behind. And it's really encouraging to me to think about the fact that Jesus rises from the dead on a Sunday. Jesus knows he only has 40 days on earth in which he's going to show himself as the risen king to his disciples. And then he's going to ascend into heaven. And so if you've got 40 days, every day is important. But this text tells us that eight days after Jesus appeared, he makes a special trip back to the room to meet with Thomas. As limited as his time may have been, this story between Jesus and Thomas tells us that when we find ourselves feeling behind when we find ourselves knowing that we should have done better, when we find ourselves facing uh, discouragement or failure or feeling like we let Jesus down or we let our brothers and our sisters down, that Jesus never holds us captive to our disqualification, our inadequacy, or our mistakes, but Jesus is always willing to make a special trip just for you. How many of you found that when you didn't deserve it and you didn't really, uh, you didn't really feel worthy of it, that Jesus would make special efforts just to manifest Himself in His grace to you? And so here's Thomas, the flunky of the class, getting a special visit from the teachers because Jesus understood that Thomas's problem was not just Thomas's problem. Jesus understood that Thomas's problem was everybody's problem. Thomas's problem wasn't that he didn't have potential and he wasn't going to make it. Thomas's problem was that he hadn't seen the light. How many of you know that the real difficulty in our life comes when we're not seeing what we know or what God says we should be seeing? And how many of you know that sometimes when you're not seeing what you should be seeing, it's not because what you should be seeing isn't there, it's just because you've been captivated by the wrong things. You see, it was easy for Thomas while he was alone to only think about the things that fostered and nurtured the doubt in his heart, but it wasn't that there was no risen Christ to see, it was just that Thomas was looking at the wrong things.
I wonder if this morning these Kingsgate graduates can encourage us to take our eyes off of everything that would cause us to fall further into doubt and discouragement and lift our eyes to find the risen Christ who is undoubtedly showing up in our lives on a daily basis. In our discipleship class last week, we began by simply saying, we want to pray the prayer, Lord, open my eyes, and Lord, give me your heart. How many of you know that the problem is not that God's not doing anything? The problem is that somehow I've allowed my eyes to become closed to what God's doing in my life. So Thomas can't see the light, and the reason that Thomas can't see the light is because the cracks are where the light gets in. And so Jesus becomes the master teacher. Jesus knows that he has an assignment and that Thomas is a critical part of that assignment. And that it, before Jesus ascends to heaven and leaves the kingdom with Thomas and the 11 and the 120 in the upper room, he needs Thomas to see the light. But Jesus understands better than anybody that the best way to get people to see the light of the gospel in your life is not showing them all the ways where you've never been hurt or you've never been discouraged, but the best way to get the light out is to let somebody see in the cracks of your life. The best way to impart something to somebody who's coming behind you is to let them see the areas of life where you've been wounded. But God has brought healing. You see, at graduations we, and at places like this and times like this, we love to talk about success. But how many of you know that success alone will never get you into God's purpose for your life? If you really want to be a Christ follower, you're going to have to be a person who knows how not only to manage success. You see, and I'm concerned about the 21st century church because we love to focus on success. We love to focus on success management, life management, promotion management, blessing management. But I find Jesus leading his disciples in not focusing on success management, but focusing on wound management. I want to say to our graduates this morning and to the whole family of faith that's listening to me in person and online, your future, your potential, your ability to fulfill God's purpose for your life will not be connected on your ability to succeed. It will be connected to your ability to manage the wounded moments of your life. And so Jesus begins modeling this. Some of our students alluded to it. But it's not the moments when everything goes right that are the critical moments of my life. It's not the 2020 for Kingsgate and for everyone else. And the first part of 2021 was a year in which we could easily say that didn't go right. That didn't go how I hoped. That didn't go how I wanted. But true Christ followers find their full potential by responding to the moments that don't go how we thought they were going to go. The moments that wound us, the moments that hurt us, the moments that cause us to limp. Can I tell you that your life 
and your ministry will be most affected not by how you respond to success, but how you respond to failure. Not by how you respond to praise and acclaim, but how you respond to criticism and negativity. Not how you respond to times of fulfillment, but how you respond to times of disappointment. Not how you respond when things go as planned, but how you respond when things go horribly wrong. You see, I can't prepare graduates for their future, and whether you're graduating or not, how many of you know life with Jesus is a constant graduation? from one assignment to another, from one grace to another, from one purpose to another. But Jesus is preparing Thomas, and he's saying to Thomas, Thomas, you're in the middle of a moment that will define your future, and it's not a moment of success and glory. It's a moment of doubt and discouragement. And Jesus says, Thomas, I want you to know how important this moment is, and it's so important important that I'm going to make a special trip back eight days later to make sure you get it, that it's your wounds that are going to get you into purpose. It's not that your wounds are going to forfeit your purpose, but your wounds properly tended to will get you into the fullness of God's purpose for your life. Somebody say wound management. You know, I imagine I've never had the the honor, the privilege of doing this. I know many people who have, and I have a great deal of respect for them, people that have served in, in in the armed forces. But I know enough about it to know this, that no matter how skilled you are as an artillery person or a a sniper or whatever your field of expertise is, is that if all you know is your skill but you don't know anything about wound management, then in the time of your wounding on the battlefield, your skills and your giftedness and your talent will suddenly become of no use to you. So a good army will always train you in your skills and your giftedness and your talent, but they'll also train you in wound management. Because a good army knows that there's going to come moments in your life where you're going to experience woundedness. And no matter how gifted you are, no matter how talented you are, if you don't know how to properly tend to the wounds in your life, then you're going to be limited in your effectiveness and you're going to be sidelined on the battlefield of life. And so Jesus becomes this example to Thomas that it's actually through the wounds that God's grace, God's wisdom, God's covenant, God's purpose flows to us. I want to say to us as a Gate Church family this morning that it's easy for us to identify how what we've been through can be a wounding experience. But what Jesus is showing Thomas and what Jesus is showing us is that wounded moments are always opportune moments for greater grace to flow. Well, I'm going to say that again. Wounded moments are always opportune moments for greater grace to to flow. So as we embrace God's future, as we begin to lean into God's assignment, we need to bring our wounds, watch this, 
to the wounded one. Thomas was not wounded in his flesh. He was wounded in his soul. He was wounded in his spirit. And what Jesus is teaching us through Thomas's story is that when we're wounded in our soul, we've got to bring our wounds to the wounded one. Because the risen one is the wounded one. And so Thomas brings his wounds to Jesus, and Jesus says... Let me show you, Thomas, watch this. Let me show you how to be a wounded healer. Thomas, I'm not going to make all the wounds disappear. You're not going to tell your story and act like it never happened. But I do want to say in church that we need to apologize to Thomas. And we need to apologize to all of those who've been wounded in our community. Because what the church has done to Thomas is emblematic of what the church continually do, does to people when they get wounded. And that is we let their wound become their label and their identity. I want to repent to you as a preacher for ever giving you the impression that Thomas's name is Doubting Thomas. Jesus never called him Doubting Thomas. People called him Doubting Thomas. Doubting was not his name. Doubting was a little experience he went through. Doubting was a little season he went through. And I want to tell somebody that you may have gone through a season, but that season can't define you. Jesus says, bring your season to me. Bring your wound to me, and I won't let it define you. And I, I want us to become people who embrace the idea that as we move forward generation to generation, we learn how to let God's grace and God's wisdom flow through us. How many of you know you may be dealing with wounds in your life. You may be dealing with a, a, a past 12 or 16 or 18 months that are full of moments that didn't go how you wanted to go. Each one of the graduates that you heard from this morning, I've talked with them personally, and they have, uh, they have moments of this past year. We have moments as a school. We have moments as a church that uh, we know were not moments of fulfillment. They were moments of disappointing. We were hoping that something would happen. But I think the best thing we can do in a season like this is we can say, you know what? Because we had Thomas as a student before us. You want to talk about wounded regret. Can you imagine the 11 going to Thomas and saying, man, Jesus showed up. We saw him. He told us. He ate with us. He wants us to go, and we're going to take this kingdom everywhere we go. Can you imagine the weight of regret that begins to buckle over Thomas as he begins to feel like, oh, my goodness, not only did I scatter, not only was I not at the cross, not only was I not in the garden, I wasn't in the room. I let my doubt uh, take me out of my future assignment, and so eight Days later, Jesus shows up and removes all the regret, meets Thomas where he is, and says, Thomas, your woundedness is not disqualifying you. In fact, your woundedness is going to recommission you. Amen.
And so I've got just a word of grace and recommissioning for our graduates and for the Gate Church and for wherever you are. You know, maybe in your walk with Jesus right now, you can identify with Thomas. Maybe you're watching online, you can identify with Thomas and say, man, I, I know there's things that I was supposed to be a part of or be at. I just want to speak a word of grace to the Gate Church this morning. I want to speak a word of grace to everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice that the gospel of John tells us the story of Thomas so that we can be assured there's no regret, there's no disappointment, there's no mistake. Watch this. There's no wound. If you've ever been healed by Jesus, if you've ever been touched by by Jesus, if you've ever experienced the warm presence of Jesus, can I tell you that you've been touched by a wounded man? Can I tell you that you've been touched by somebody who's been through so much greater wound than you and I could ever experience? And he is the true human who shows us that woundedness never limits us. It actually positions us to fulfill our purpose in him. How many of you can just give Jesus thanks right now for his touch of wounded grace on your life. I want to pray for you this morning. And as I do, I want our, our graduates to begin to prepare and, and join me on the stage. I want to say something to parents and grandparents in this moment as they get ready to transition. I, I was tempted to leave this out, but because it's a meditation and not a sermon, but I'm going to add it and hopefully keep it a meditation. Jesus returns to Thomas, but I feel like there's some parents and grandparents that I need to speak to in this moment. Jesus returns on the eighth day and he speaks with Thomas and he's speaking to him about woundedness. The eighth day was the day that the law prescribed that a male child was to be circumcised on the eighth day. So the eighth day is the day of wounding. But wounding not for hindrance, but wounding for covenant purpose. God told Abraham, when you have your son, that your promised son, make sure you circumcise him on the eighth day. Watch this, because I want grandparents and parents to listen to me. It's by sharing the wounded moments of your covenant relationship with God that blessings are passed from generation to generation. It's not by sharing how you got everything right, but your kids and your grandkids need to hear about what you got wrong and how God responded to you when you got it wrong. They need to hear about how things went wrong and how God responded to you when you got it wrong. It's wonderful to share victories and successes, but it's even more blessed to sh sh share failures and disappointments and say the God that we serve is a God of mercy and 
grace. So when you find yourself in wounded Thomas moments, you need to know that just like he had mercy on me, he'll have mercy on you. Because from Abraham all the way through Jesus and to us, from generation to generation, his mercies never cease. And his faithfulness is from generation to generation. So maybe there's some grandparents and some parents here today who need to have some different conversations with our children and our children's children. I believe God wants to pour generational blessings out through us. But the wounds are the places where the blessings flow. And the cracks are where the light gets in. Would you just, you can remain seated if you want, but I'm just going to ask you if you just turn your hands toward heaven right now. Maybe, maybe this is an act of faith for you, just like it was for Thomas, just to reach your hand out toward Jesus. And I want you to just allow the light of the Holy Spirit just to shine into your heart right now. And I don't know why I'd preach this on a graduation Sunday, but I just have to do what I feel like the Lord wants me to do. And I can only imagine that there must be some people here who are aware of some areas in their soul where they've experienced a wound. And I just want to invite the word and the presence of Jesus into this moment right now with you. So, Father, I just join my heart with this congregation, Lord, with these, uh, this family of mine that's joining us online. And we stretch our hands toward Jesus right now just like Thomas did. Lord, you let him put his hand in your side and you let him find out what he needed to find out, experience what he needed to experience and see what he needed to see. And then you told Thomas that he was blessed because he saw, but we would be even more blessed because we don't see and we believe. So Lord, would you let the blessing that you spoke over Thomas come alive on the inside of every single one of us right now. And Lord, let the wind of your spirit blow every wound and every doubt and every regret and every harmful result of sin away from us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, would you put your hands together and give the Lord thanks this morning?